Alright, what's up guys? Welcome to a new video on the channel. So today what I want to do is quickly go over SoFi Technologies Quarter 4 report as well as the results for the fiscal year of 2021. Is SoFi stock still a buy at today's valuation? Has the fundamental thesis changed in any way? So without further ado, let's hop right into it and of course, let's finagle this bagel. So first things first, adjusted net revenue for the quarter was a quarterly revenue for the company coming in at $280 million, up 54% year over year. Despite the headwinds coming from the federal student loan payment moratorium in late December. Just for a bit of context, SoFi is trading just below a $10 billion market cap. And if we were to annualize the $280 million, that would give $1.1 billion, putting them at approximately a 9 forward price to sales ratio if we assume that there is literally going to be zero growth in terms of revenue. But of course, as we will see during 2022, SoFi is on track for another killer year in terms of growth. Looking on Yahoo Finance, seven analysts estimate the company bringing in between $1.3 and $1.6 billion of revenue for the year of 2022 at an average estimate of $1.45 billion for the year representing a 44.9% growth year over year. If we take their current market cap of $9.3 billion, take 9.3 and divide that by 1.45, which is their expected estimate of revenue for the year of 2022, and we get a 6.4 forward price to sales ratio, which in my opinion is relatively cheap, especially if we consider the fact that they're expected to grow almost 45%. And by the way, I wouldn't be surprised that they exceed that figure. Moving on, the company delivered fourth quarter adjusted EBITDA of $5 million, which represents their sixth consecutive positive quarter in adjusted EBITDA, bringing the full year adjusted EBITDA to $30 million. So if we were to do a price to adjusted EBITDA ratio analysis, take $9.3 million and divide that by $30 million, that would give them a trailing 12 months adjusted EBITDA ratio of over 300. That's extremely elevated, but take into account their new bank charter and the meaningful profitability that will come as a result of this. I believe that trailing 12-month price to adjusted EBITDA ratio is not the most accurate depiction of valuation. In this case, because of the bank charter, the future is going to tell a completely different story. But what's good to see about all of these numbers is that they managed to reach their guidance and in the case of member growth they actually managed to exceed that guidance which is very positive to see so let's talk about member growth so the company started the year with 1.9 million sofi members and ended the year with 3.5 million sofi members which represents an increase of 87 percent and completely destroyed their expected guidance by over 500,000 members during Q4, they added a record 523,000 members, which is the highest in history and represents a 39 increase in the number of net ads since quarter 3, 2021. For products, the net ads was plus 51% versus quarter 3 and plus 105% year over year. If we look at financial services products, the growth is also looking exponential since last year going from 1.6 million in Q4 2020 to 4 million in Q4 2021. And the same can be said for the technology platform accounts, which has grown from 60 to 100 from Q4 2020 to Q4 2021. The only dud in all of this, which has, despite all of its headwinds with the moratorium, 
managed to grow at a slight and steady pace has been the lending products, which has managed to grow between 30 and 40,000 every single quarter. Now, just going back to what I said with regards to profitability, the advantage of this bank charter is that it's going to allow the company to remove the middlemen or the third parties which were previously providing services for SoFi pre-charter. But now that they have it, SoFi can provide its members with more competitive options across all of their products. This will allow SoFi to offer its members lower interest rates on loans, more competitive interest rates on checkings, savings accounts, and with having cut out all of the third parties, SoFi is now going to enjoy much greater profitability. The merger itself was actually closed in February, and the company has already started transferring SoFi money products to quote-unquote the SoFi bank. Over time, they're going to continue transferring their lending, credit, and money products to the quote-unquote SoFi bank. Now, something else worth mentioning since my last video is the Technesis acquisition, which I'm probably not pronouncing correctly. This acquisition was announced on February 22nd that they were going to buy Technesis, a cloud digital banking platform for a value of $1.1 billion. So the reason why they decided to do this is because of all of these synergies that will come from it. But just for a bit of context, Galileo, which is another one of their products, helps other fintech companies which don't have bank charters to give them the ability to process payments for things such as debit or ACH transactions. The new acquisition of Technesis is going to come in and complement Galileo. What's interesting is that many banks have different systems for different products, like one system for deposits, one system for lending. The difference with Technesis is that it can support all of these products all in one system that's run on the cloud. The system can analyze, process data all in real time. It also gives them the capability of launching new banking products much quicker. So on one hand, we have Galileo, which helps fintechs process debit and ACH transactions. And then on the other hand, we have Technesis, which can run multiple systems into a cloud and analyze data in real time. And so by combining both of these products together, SoFi can really offer its customers an all-encompassing solution. And it can even cross-sell its products from one of the company's customers, previous customers, to the other company's previous customers. This essentially relates to all of the back-end infrastructure that goes into creating a fintech and comes back to SoFi's overall goal, which is of becoming the Amazon Web Services of fintech. But the question at this point is, is this acquisition going to pay off? Having paid $1.1 billion in stock, SoFi has stated that they expect the acquisition to generate between $500 and $800 million of extra revenue by the end of 2025. The cost savings that will result from this acquisition will amount to over $80 million between 2023 and 2025 and about $65 million in annual savings afterwards. So it's going to increase the company's revenues, but at the same time, it's also going to increase their profitability. What's interesting to see in all of this is SoFi's commitment and massive upfront investment in order to really lay the groundworks for its expansion long term. Once again, similarly to the bank charter, we're only actually going to see the impact of this acquisition starting in the back half of 2022. This kind of comes in as a double-edged sword because as 
the quarters roll in, we're not going to get these upfront profits and these incredible revenue boosts. These are things that are going to have their impacts become very apparent quarter after quarter, adding fuel to the story, making it just better and better over time, giving the company increasing levels of momentum. With regards to guidance, management is expected adjusted net revenue growth of 55% year over year to $1.57 billion. So what I want to do now is take $9.3 billion, which is their current market cap, and divide that by $1.57. And that gives them below a 6 for price to sales ratio, which is slightly better than what the analysts are actually expecting. With regards to adjusted EBITDA, management is expected $180 million for the year of 2022. Remember what I was saying about price to adjusted EBITDA, of it being over $300 for the trailing 12 months? Well, let's take $9.3 billion, which is their current market cap, and divide that by $180 million, which is their expected 2022 adjusted EBITDA, and we get a forward price to adjusted EBITDA ratio of 51.6. Much, much, much better than what it was for the trailing 12 months. This is what I'm saying. This is a evolving story over time, which is very future-oriented. Management also expects student loan refinancing origination volume to normalize to pre-COVID levels partway through Q2, which is when the moratorium expires on May 1st, 2022. Moving on with regards to guidance, they expect Technicis's revenue to... Technicis's. <laughs> they expect their revenue to be between 20 and 25% for the full year of 2022. And excluding the impact of Technicis, they're expected an adjusted EBITDA margin of 30% for 2022. Moving on, they're also expecting stock-based compensation expense to be approximately $340 million for the full year of 2022. This is no Palantir, let's just put it that way. So overall, I would rate this quarter a 9 on 10. Nice to see management has been executing on a high level. I'm fairly optimistic about the acquisition of Technicis and excited to see in what ways the company will be able to innovate having this new product in its pocket. The story surrounding SoFi is one that's going to be developed over time. As I mentioned previously, the impact from the bank charter as well from the Technicis acquisition are only going to be felt over time. SoFi has a really interesting and unique diversified business model, which I think is going to prove over time to become more of a giant and really set themselves apart and give them a certain level of moat, so to speak. SoFi has been investing a lot and scaling their growth. Honestly, there's not many red flags with regards to what's going on. So what I expect going into the future is that strength and momentum with the business is going to continue. I'm very excited to be a shareholder for this company for the long term. So thank you so much for watching this video. I really appreciate your time. And if you did, you appreciate all of the effort that goes into this. Please drop a like for me. Meet a lot to me. Also, if you want to hear all of these stocks that I'm buying and selling on a weekly basis, I'll leave a link below for you to join the private stock group. I'm currently running a free one week trial for you if you want to check it out. By the way, just to give you all an update with regards to the Investopedia simulation, the $1 million portfolio challenge, the account value is currently at $1,087,000, representing a 8.7% gain, which has been achieved in the last month. If we compare that to the S&P, the S&P has actually lost 5%. In terms of my ranking, I'm still currently at the second place with the first place having increased his account value to $1.3 million. It's going to be a tough one to beat, but I'm sure that given sufficient amount of consistency, over time, we're going to get there. 
So thank you so much for watching. I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out.